now rocking with Matt and Dez. Let's go. Welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. Matt and Dez Gonzalez are the founders of Kingdom Culture Ministries, a nonprofit organization that specializes in training, consulting, and resourcing leaders. Join them as they talk about life, family, faith, and all things prophetic. Now let's get to today's episode of the Matt and Dez Experience. Hello and welcome to the Matt and Dez Experience. I am your co-host, Matt Gonzalez. And I'm your other co-host, Desiree Gonzalez. And we're excited that you joined us for today's episode. Before we get into this episode, I just wanted to take time and thank you for subscribing to this podcast and even writing a review. We have read the reviews. Many of you guys have sent us messages either via email or Facebook about testimonies of how this podcast has encouraged you, how it's helped you get breakthrough, even how it's helped your marriage. And we're just blown away by the that by the responses babe yeah and the the feedback means the world to us so keep it coming we just so appreciate it when we hear the feedback and this is why we're doing the podcast we actually want to create conversations and also bring god encounters and so to hear the response of these things happening means the world to us so just thank you yes and i want to do something a little bit different before we get into our topic today i want to share a little bit of i guess i want to share a backstage pass into our lives. <laughs> if you checked out last week's episode, we talked about the power of vulnerability. And this is what I feel like I want to share, just something that's happened with me personally this week and as it relates to the power of vulnerability. And this is like real life, right? We don't just have topics that we share on here that sound good or like <laughs> that are just hot topics yep. on the news. This is stuff that we are have walked out or we're currently walking out and we want to share with you what our our lives look like, you know, even behind the scenes. And, you know, we believe in the power of vulnerability so much because they're just what it says. There's power in it. And to be honest, this week has been rough for me. It's been a rough week. And I feel like I've just been bombarded in, in a lot of different ways, just different thoughts that have tried to attack my identity and mm. just my value. And our topic, I feel like, is a great segue for what I'm going through. <laughs> yes, So on today's show, we're going to be talking about how we can move from a victim to a victor. And yeah, just some of the stuff that I was going through this week, I honestly was tempted to (laughs) step into that victim mentality. And we're going to explain all about what that means. But I was just feeling overwhelmed, you know, stressed out, just all these thoughts were bombarding me. And what, what do we want to do in those moments a lot of times? We feel like isolation is the best plan Mm. and it's like the absolute worst thing you can do. But, you know, sometimes when you're feeling that way, the things that we know to do, we don't do it. And then it just becomes this vicious cycle. Right. And so I want to just share just briefly a few of the things that I have done to come out of that, because if you don't catch it early, it becomes a really just a downward spiral. And I've dealt with um, anxiety off and on in my life, and I feel like there are some things that I want to touch on on a later episode on some of the things that I do just practically how to come out of that, because I feel like if I catch it early at the thought stage, it doesn't even go into that a lot of times. So some of the things that I've done just to break out of the, I don't know, I like to call it the funk. Like, you know, sometimes you just, you're under something, you don't know what to call it, but you're just like, I just feel funky. I just feel like I'm under something. And so some of the things that I've done in this season and what you can do really in any season, what you should do is I 
have been playing the prophetic words from the Lord over my life over and over so and over. And I feel like if I'm if I'm having thoughts of attacking who I am, I need to remind myself who I am, right? And and that takes on my part a very proactive approach. If I c- come into this what was me? I'm under it. I feel like crap. I, you know, no one loves me. My husband's this or that. My kids are acting cray cray, you know, just like you could just go on and on and on. But if I come under that, there's no breakthrough in that. So we have to do things proactively to get breakthrough in those moments. And one of the things that I highly encourage, if you have prophetic words over your life, put them on repeat until you believe what they say. Okay. That's the first thing. Number two is, is, resist isolation at all costs. Like if you're married, first of all, I would say one of the number one things you can do is let your spouse in when you don't want to let them in, when you're like, I don't even want to talk to you right now. (laughs) Let them in. I mean, literally right before we started this podcast, Matt asked, can I pray for you? And I was like, I didn't even know if I wanted him to pray. (laughs) I'm, I'm admitting that right now. I was like, oh, I just feel like, I don't even want to do this. I'm just going through it. But I was like, yeah, you could pray for me. And when I allowed him to pray for me as my husband, I literally felt breakthrough as he was praying for me. And it was a game changer because I actually responded because I responded wrong yesterday when you did come <laughs> to me and I was so focused on something that I wasn't actually taking my role as a husband and uh, I, I think I actually probably put more gasoline on the fire. Well, <laughs> hey, this is a, a little bonus track for, for marriage right here is that, you know, OK, guys, most of the time your lady comes to you. She's going through something. She's opening up. Maybe she's not communicating what she needs from you in that moment, but you automatically go to fix it. I need to fix it. Uh, let me. OK, so what do I need to do to fix it right now? And I'm like. Dude, I don't want you to fix it. I don't want you to be my counselor or my pastor right now. I just want you <laughs> to show me that you value me. Or profit. <laughs> <laughs> and so this was our conversation yesterday. So guys, hey, we're in it too. This is the power of vulnerability. Yes. Sharing our life, our mess ups, our our discouragement, our days where we feel like we're mm-hmm. under a funk. We're willing yeah. to open up our lives to you guys in such a way that you feel like, yeah, I can do this too. Come on. Yeah. On today's episode, as we're talking about moving from a victim to a victor, babe, I have been so rocked recently on, the, on a real serious note. Yeah. Uh, I've been paying attention to the another school shooting in our nation. Yeah. Uh, Denver, Colorado, to be specific. And I've been following this story because I've been deeply, deeply impacted. I was reading an article about one of the heroes that rose to the occasion during this tragedy, uh, Kendrick Castile, 18-year-old student uh, at this school who actually lunged at the shooter and gave his life in order to protect his friends and classmates. Amazing. And uh, Amazing. I've been so drawn to this young man's testimony and his ability to be willing to put his life on the line for his friends and classmates. You know, there was an interview online, babe, that I read that just, it, it, um, it rocked me just as a, as a parent of four kids. Uh, it just really, really rocked me. You know, uh, Kendrick's father, John Castile, his, they were interviewing him about his son and his mom. And, uh, th- they only had one child. He, this was their only child, wow. their only child. 
And uh, he was quoted in saying in an interview, my son was not your average kid. He was extraordinary. He died a legend. He died a trooper. I refused. And this is what caught me. He said, he, I quote him, mm-hmm. I refuse to be a victim of this tragedy. Wow. Kendrick refused to be a victim. And the other students refused to be a victim. Also in his interview, he points out, my son loved patriotism. He said this, I love this. He said, we are an Hispanic family. We're Hispanic by nature, but we love America to the core. And then they went on to say in the interview, they asked him about his son. How did you raise your son with the value to become selfless? I mean, this was actually the question. And it so just, it rocked me because his response was when you have something that is valuable. If you don't give it away, it is useless. Wow. And um, that just rocked me, guys. This whole just interview, just just the Lord and the Holy Spirit was just ministering to me. And I, and I got to thinking right now, you know, uh, we live in a day and time where the places that were once deemed safe in the 50s, 60s, 70s, even the early 80s, you know, the church, the school, these places, it almost seems like they're not safe anymore just because of the chaos in our nation. Yeah. And it's like, you know, here we have this tragedy happens, another school shooting. And as I was drawn into this whole interview, and as I began to uh, read even online, uh, I began to weep. I was just so blown away by this father's response. Here is a father who loses his only child. And to me, he has the complete right to step in to becoming a victim of this horrible tragedy. Right. He and his wife are totally victims. They're victims. They're victims of this school shooting because they lost their only son. Yet, just like his son, this father rose to the occasion and is standing here heroic in his response. Wow. Saying, I refuse to be a victim. You know, we live in a day and a time where it is so easy to become a victim of our circumstances and our situations. Mm-hmm. Heck, I would even go as far as saying this, babe. We live in a day where we actually celebrate when someone comes out and says they are a victim. Wow. Like victims have become the new heroes of our society. But I want to propose something that I, I hope that it begins to change because now hear my heart in this. Victims have become the heroes instead of the hero who was once a victim, but has now become a victor, a hero, because they've overcome being a victim and then they become celebrated. And so it's like we celebrate when somebody comes out and is a victim and they become a hero rather than celebrating those who were victims and went forward and said, you know what? I'm not going to allow what has happened to me become the culture out. I'm going to rise above this. I'm going to become an overcomer. And then we celebrate those ones who have become these heroes in their response to rise against all odds. And I get it. I feel like people celebrate the fact that at least they're opening up about it. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people, their intentions are are great in it. But we can't just stop there. We can't just stop. Oh, they opened up about it. They had this horrible thing happen to them. And oh, yay. But there's no, there's no freedom in that. Yeah. There's no freedom for them, and there's no freedom released to others. This That's, is a great conversation because yeah. I feel like, what does that look like? How do how do we change that? Well, I think you said it. I think part of us celebrating 
is that we're celebrating their freedom. And if we celebrate before they've gotten the freedom, that almost empowers a person before they even get to the point to overcome something. Mm -hmm. And by no means, what we're not saying, hey, we have been victim of circumstances. I know Des just uh, released a podcast of her growing up and being uh, a victim of sickness, robbing her mom in the very crucial places of her life where she needed her mom. And so, and, and I'll share just a few minutes. I, I, I feel like I've been a victim of some of the things growing up. And so by no way are we trying to diminish those who have had real hard circumstance situations against them by no means, because there are victims out there. But I think what is happening too is that we're giving so much attention to those who have a victim mentality that the true victims aren't yep. getting the empathy yep. and the the response that they truly need because in a day where everybody has a victim mentality, just the littlest thing happens, those who are true victims, right. we're not able to give them the resources that they need because we're running around trying to, you know, uh, cuddle Coddle, yeah. Coddle everybody, you and, know? Yeah, it's so true because I feel like our culture in general has become extremely apathetic to people that are coming out and sharing their stories because I feel like it's kind of now celebrated to do that. So mo a lot of people are doing that, but it's not empowering. It's not empowering them to get freedom in that area. It's just so celebrating the problem or the trauma. Yep. That's so good. That's so good. So we're talking about the difference. How, how do we know? What, there is a difference between a victim and a victim mentality. And yes. I begin to look, study this. You know, Wikipedia describes a victim mentality as this. I think this is amazing. Wikipedia. A victim mentality is an acquired personality trait in which a person tends to recognize themselves as a victim of the negative actions of others and to behave as if this were the case in the face of contrary evidence of such circumstances. Wow, that's great. That's victim mentality. Right. Webster's Dictionary describes a victim mentality as the belief that one is always a victim. It's the idea that bad things will always happen to one. So we understand right here that there is a huge difference between a victim and a victim mentality. And we want to talk about this. We want to talk about how can we overcome that victim mentality? And how can we actually be pillars for those who are actually real victims? Right. Because I think part of what we've done, even I would say, when I talk about the church, I'm talking about me. I'm part of the church culture. And I know one of the things that we've not been really good at in church culture as, and I believe there's hope we're, we're, we're trying to get better at this is that many times we've had an apathetic heart and have not developed the empathy to be able to help those who are victims. And part of it, I believe, is because we have a culture where one of the worst places to uh, that you could uh, fail or one of the a place where it seems like we can't bring things to the light is in church culture. It's in religion. Yeah. That's it's it's not like a safe place. It's got to change. Yeah. And if it's not a safe place, then it's hard to have the empathy for victims when they do rise to occasion. You know, after you read the that definition from Wikipedia and Webster's, I was just thinking, this is kind of how I see it, is the victim mentality partners with a foreboding spirit, which Ooh. says, I expect bad in all circumstances. My lens is... I expect negative things to happen to me all yeah. the time. Even if there's not negative things happening or there's not people trying to um, 
do bad things to me. I'm going to expect they're going to do things bad to me. But to me, being a victim of circumstances, of trauma, of negative things, that if you allow it, you partner with hope, which is basically the opposite of foreboding, that you expect good in all circumstances. So good. You you step into a place of courage and you expect good in all circumstances, say, and the mentality is not, I'm a victim all the time, but this is the difference. Yes, this thing happened to me. Yes, it was wrong. Yes, you know, this was a tragedy or a trauma in my life. But I'm going to choose hope so that I can see through the lens of hope so I can step through and get breakthrough and release what I've been through becomes now a breakthrough for other people to get breakthrough. That's so good. You know, I don't know. I think I've noticed this. I don't know. Maybe if you guys have been out there, you've noticed this happen. There are some times where a person who is a victim, there have been times where two different people have come up to me both of them victim of situations, but both response have been different. Mm-hmm. One response, I've had empathy. I've wanted to help, wanted to see how I can. Other response, I had no empathy. I, matter of fact, didn't feel sorry because of the response that would happen. So I'll give you an example. It would be like a woman who is cheated on from an abusive husband. And a woman who's cheated on from an abusive husband decides that she is going to leave. And, you know, I, and, and you have empathy. I mean, we've seen this. I have empathy. Like, how can we help? But then we have the same, same example of a woman who's cheated, who's been cheated on by an abusive husband. But this woman, instead of leaving, decides that she's going to stay and cheat on her husband. To get even. To get even. Mm. And we've seen a situation. I'm like, man, I do not feel sorry. And not that I don't feel sorry for the abusiveness. Now, not, don't get me wrong. But it's just, I think this is the part of becoming a victim and victim mentality is that it's like a, your reaction and response is is wrong in that aspect. I mean, there's different situations, different circumstances. So I, I, I don't I don't know if that's the best example, but I mean, we've seen times and I know I've talked to people who I think sometimes your heart becomes apathetic to a certain certain situations or circumstances because you're like, you you know, a a. If a wrong has been, ha- if, a, if there's something wrong that's happened to me, another wrong's not going to fix it. Right. It's going to take something outside of that to be able to give me breakthrough. And I feel like this is also another subject, but I feel like we, as the people of God, as the church, we need to have the emotional intelligence yes. to be able to know the difference and how to respond to where that person's at. That is so good. You know, I grew up in Stockton, Stockton, California, both of us. So did I. Yeah. Well, I'm, both of us grew up in Stockton, California. Um, we are a multiracial couple. Uh, I grew up in an Hispanic culture, Mexican, Hispanic. And uh, one thing about and Stockton. I'm, and I'm white if you didn't know this. <laughs> She's my white chocolate princess. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up in Stockton, California. Uh, grew up in a city where, you know, we were voted uh, by Forbes magazine twice to be the most miserable city in America. Almost foreclosed capital of, of the world once until Detroit took that over. Um, uh, gang violence, shooting, a lot of things I've seen happening growing up. And and even in an Hispanic culture, you know, I grew up, my, my mom and dad, they worked hard. But there were times growing up that we were, were less fortunate. We We didn't. You know, uh, we live paycheck to paycheck. Sometimes we, we live without. We've seen God do miracles when we gave our life to Christ. Before that, I grew up 
with a victim mentality. And when I came into my Christian walk, I didn't realize, even our first yeah. early years of dating, I yep. didn't realize I had a victim mentality. Like, I, I, if I could just be raw with you guys, like, uh, any person who is rich and wealthy, I naturally had a perception unknowingly mm-hmm. that I didn't like them because I had a victim mentality. You're the reason mm-hmm. I'm without. Mm-hmm. And you're, you just want to take from me. Yeah, so you, you just want to take off. from me. Yeah. You have everything, and because you have everything, I have nothing, and it's your fault that I don't have anything. That was the culture I grew up in. Yeah, I think that it, it didn't it didn't just stop at like with money and people that were wealthy, but it went into leadership in general. Yep. I feel like that you had maybe a little chip on your shoulder. Against I did leadership against the government against anyone that would try to quote unquote rule over you. Yeah, government. Like I, I didn't like our government. Government said, I mean, I was trying, there's just a rebellious thing, but it came out of a victim mentality mm-hmm. growing up in Stockton, you know, growing up with that chip on my shoulder that it's it, like there, there was a mindset, a victim mindset in Stockton that it's Stockton versus the world. Like no one's here to help us. We got to rise up on our own. And then on top of that, growing up in an Hispanic culture. And if I could just speak to my, my, my Mexican American and just Mexican compadres, we, uh, I, I just remember, you know, in an Hispanic culture, you're taught hard worth ethics, that you work hard. But what happens is when sometimes when it comes to wanting to get education, we're, we're kind of steered away from that because you just work hard. You don't have education. You don't dream. And then we get mad. We as Hispanics, we get mad because other Mexican are not rising up in a place of influence, a place of government, a place of education. Because we take the right in our own culture, this victim mentality, we take the right to dream. Like we don't want uh, unknowingly for people to dream. Mm-hmm. You just work hard. Oh, mijo, you don't go to college. Mija, you, you, you don't get an education. And it's like you, you don't do these things because you just need to work hard right now. Because wow. you need to get what is owned to you and you just do it now you don't dream you don't get education you don't try to become influential and then we wonder we complain because i was there i complain where are the ones who are the hispanics that are going to raise up in society and be the president or be a government official be an education and then like like we we complain we get angry and i'll just be honest we get angry at Caucasians, white people, because I was there. I used to, I used to, I mean, this is crazy. I used to have a hatred towards Caucasian people. So other than the fact of you marrying a white girl, (laughs) how do you feel like you got breakthrough over that mentality? Well, you know, uh, part of it was uh, something shifted when I became a believer. Mm -hmm. When, When Christ came into my life, and, you know, it was interesting because here I am, I have all these victim mentalities, all these, uh, you know, I would even say certain, I had some racism in me. And then God has a sense of humor to cause me and my family to get, uh, to come to know the Lord's come into the kingdom in a predominantly uh, Caucasian church. Yeah, true. <laughs> which was very interesting. And so I even remember there was a time where I had first got saved and I used to wear hats in church. And I remember a usher coming up to me and I still had some of that prejudice, still had some of that. And, and he came up to me, he goes, please take your hat off in the house of the Lord. I go, man, you better come over here and take my hat off. 
because I ain't taking my hat off. I looked him in his eye. I said, if, you, if you're going to take my hat off, I'm going to take your head off. <laughs> and and I look, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm I know to, it's not funny, but I can't even believe you. This were was like a couple that. weeks just being saved, being in church, <laughs> because I still had to do that. But part of it is that, you know, the Lord knows how to put us in situations that cause what is deeply hidden with our hearts to come to the surface and we have to deal with it. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it really was when I began to see in this church culture, people who are, who are, who were wealthy, people who were around me, who actually some of my heart's uh, prejudice began to surround me and they really loved me so well. Mm-hmm. Like they, like they, they proved my, you know, um, just just the things I had in my heart against certain people, they proved them wrong. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was in the context of relationship with people, I'm like, well, you know what? I actually had a a negative view that you changed because I had a relationship with you and you loved me so well. So those were one some of the early times I started getting breakthrough. Yeah. And then, good. you know, when we dated, I mean, you called some things out. I didn't realize I, I had them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't realize I had that. But part of this is I became a victim. And not just a victim, I became, I had a victim mentality. That w- what it really was. Because a victim is someone who has a true wrong that's been committed against them. That was out of their control and hands. But a victim mentality is different. Because I think it's different because, and it really comes out of this, is that you view your choices, your present choices, you cannot see them as a victim mentality. And your ability to get healing, the necessary healing healing you need, and the ability to move forward, you're blinded to. Yeah. And that's the difference between a victim, I believe, and a victim mentality. And one of the things that I'm so thankful for is those leaders that were around me in my early days who had the discernment and was able to bring things to the surface for me. You know, and I think that's really what we need as believers. I, like you said earlier, I think we need the discernment and the empathy that helps us to create a, a timetable because I think sometimes we've been bad at when someone has been a victim, we've tried to hurry up and force them to become an overcomer. And I think there's that aspect. Like we have to understand timing. We have to it's be totally able good. to understand when a v- true victim is still working through their pain and how we can help that process when they try to push them before they're ready. And I think that's the other thing. I mean, there's so, I mean, this is such a big topic it and it's just some of the things that you were just scraping uh, on the surface, but really, once again, it all comes down to choices. That's so good. And and there's there's response as the one that have been victimized. And there's also response as people um, that are called to see other people free of these kind of things. I'm just thinking of an example of a guy that got saved under our ministry back in the college days. Yeah. And um, he got saved, got radically saved, and he... I would say was a victim of some circumstances in his life. And one of the things that he admitted to later on was that he had something against white people. And there's a a legitimate reason for that. But of course I'm white and I'm called to be like a spiritual mother in his life. And I didn't even realize that this was happening for, for a period of time. All I knew was that I love this kid and I just wanted to see him be everything God's called him to be. So I'm pouring into him. We're discipling him. And he comes out and shares this, you know, 
after a period of time. And, and what it did was it not only like, of course, when he shared it, I wasn't offended by it. Like I was just excited that he was willing to be vulnerable enough to open up about that. And so I just affirmed him when he did that. And it literally not only shifted our relationship and it went so much even deeper after that, like he got free of that prejudice. I feel like when he yeah. did that and um, he, I mean, I know he's shared his testimony on that and too, but I feel like when we can tap into the root of, and ultimately the, the trauma itself, when we allow the Lord to go there and heal that place, the mindset oftentimes will be exposed through that process. And you obviously have a choice to break that mindset or to keep believing it. Ultimately, when you allow the Lord to heal the trauma, a lot of times the mindset is going to go with it and it's going to break off. And I feel like there's kind of two extremes because I feel like, um, like for me, like growing up and, and I know I, I shared my story about just not really, um, receiving everything I needed from, from my mother due to sickness and, and disease. And that left a mark on me. And I believe it, it was a trauma. Um, but my mindset, and this is equally not helpful <laughs> to my life, is I always had the mindset, someone else has it worse than I do. Mm. So, you, wow. you know, I, I would immediately feel shame every time I would think, oh, woe is me, or I'm going through this, or I'm going through... And this was even in my childhood. I'm not talking about later on. Like, even I remember trying to process as a kid, like, man, I wish this, or I wish, you know, this would happen, or that would happen. And I would immediately feel shame, and I would shut it down. Because I felt selfish for even thinking that. Wow. And, but, you know, obviously that sounds maybe like, oh, wow, you know... Maybe that sounds like a good thing, but what it did was it locked me up and it it caused me to never share my emotion, never reach out for help, never open up about anything I was going through because I felt so much shame every time I would think of anything like that. So both situations, I feel like me and this, this young man I was referring to that had trauma and had something against not only white people, but even women, he... And when he got free from that and he opened up about it, it broke off his life. And equally for me, I felt like it wasn't until I was able to go to that place of trauma and allow the Lord to heal it and open up about the reality of what I went through, not use it as a crutch, but use it as a point of freedom. That's when I feel like you can really start seeing the mindset shift. Wow. And what I'm hearing is that we actually find healing in community. Bam. We find healing when we're willing to come together and have these conversations and talk, because if he would have never opened up, if you would have never opened up on that, I mean, even with us, two extremes, with my victim mentality, I lashed out. For you? Closed up. You closed up. Yep. And But we found healing in the midst of our community mm-hmm. where we had these hard conversations. And you know, I what I, and I would say this, going back to what you asked me earlier, I became a victim of the culture I grew up rather than a victor of the inheritance I had in Christ. Yeah, that's good. And that's the difference. We become victims of the culture that we grow up in and it helps build that victim mentality. Rather, as believers in Christ, we have an advantage. And I think this is where our empathy should come in. People who do not know Jesus, yes. they don't have an overcomer. Yeah. We have an overcomer now. Our past is no longer hold against us. We have a bright future and it allows us to live in our current present realm. It's good. And I think I said this before on a, on a previous episode, you know, the Christian life is present future. 
But before I came to Christ, it was mostly past present. And when you live in that past present reality, it's it sucks because your past is driving your present rather than your present creating your future. It's good. And there, there's a there's a big difference. And you know, one of the ways you could tell you have a victim mentality, I'm just just thinking about this just even in my own life from when I grew up. You know, many times when you struggle with a victim mentality, you are convinced that circumstances and situations are beyond your control. Right. And that people are out deliberately to hurt you. They're they're just out to get me. They're out to take mine. That's what they, I had that mindset. You're out to get mine, so I got to rise up and be a survivor and be strong and not let you take mine. And it, 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 when I think about it, it's really dumb now. It's it, you know this belief results in a constant blame. I remember just blaming everybody and fear too. Yeah, fear, blame, finger pointing, pity parties. Me and the boys getting around, drinking, having a pity party, and our and our, our drinking parties were actually pity parties that were fueled with pessimism. Yeah. And fear and anger. And, you know, that's part of this victim mentality is that we take this on and some of the, you know, but let me, let me say this. One of the things about a victim mentality, there are some perks, you know, you don't have to take responsibility for anything. (laughs) Right. Yeah. You love the lavishing of attention you get by having a victim mentality. The, The sense you get of people feeling sorry for you. And then you take up this right. You have the right to complain. I could just complain. I have the right to complain. Oh boy! And you're more likely to get what you want. You can use it as manipulation. manipulation. You know, uh, you never feel bored because there's always drama happening. <laughs> I mean, I'm just talking about for my no, life. I I'm know. just. I, I, I mean, this, this is, is real. It is. You you get to avoid and bypass anger because you're too busy feeling sad. Oh. You know, and, and really, what it does, it cuts. A, it gets you so busy that you don't, it, 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 it's like a, it's almost like a drug that numbs us to our real feelings of really getting healing from being a victim. That's so true. And so there is a sense of power that comes with, with, with the victim mentality. And now understand, I'm talking, I'm, this is, I'm not talking about being a victim. I'm talking about having a victim mentality. I'm talking about refusing to move forward. Refusing to let the culture, the circumstance, situation that happened against you for you to rise up out of that and become better, but rather become bitter. Right. And we're again, I hope I hope this message is coming in clear. Like we're if you've been victimized, if you've been a victim of a tragedy, a trauma in your life, we are by no means saying get over it. No, let's you got to move past it. Like we're saying just the opposite. Like apathy says get over it. I don't really care. I don't want to hear it. Like, let's move on with life. But when when we come to a place where we're really loving and we're stepping into empathy, Mm. we want you to get wholeness and healing and freedom from the torment of that trauma so that you don't stay there. You move on from it and that you start living again and you believe who God says you are that you are your identity is not based on that trauma but your identity is based on who God says you are that's what we're saying and you know we did 12 years of campus ministry 10 years in the church uh you know um we were pastors of a church and so we've counseled victims for over almost close to 20 years now every circumstance situation that is just I mean it has caused your heart to break and so like that says, we 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 have an empathetic heart for those 
that you have been victimized. You know, we 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 want to be able to to see the healing begin to take place. And and I think some of the ways that you can say, ask yourself, like, do I have a victim mentality? Is do you see your future through mm. the lens of that trauma done to you? Yeah. Do you see relationships through the lens of that trauma? Do you see your spouse through the lens of that trauma? Do you constantly remind yourself of the things that have happened to you? These are just some of the things that that are to ask, do you still have that? Do yeah. you have that mindset? Well, here's some here's some signs that you have a victim mentality, some things that I jotted down just going through my yeah. life. You know, you're constantly blaming others or for your situations. Uh, you you possess this mindset that life is against me, it's me against the world. Uh, you're cynical, pessimistic. Uh, you tend to see nothing but problems and blow them out of proportion. Uh, you think others are purposely trying to hurt you, out to get you. Um, you believe you're the only one being targeted for a mistreatment. Wow. You keep living past painful memories that made you feel like a victim. Here's another one I remember you feel powerless. That's a big one. You feel powerless and unable to cope effectively with a problem in life or circumstances that are happening to you. Here's another one. You feel attacked when you're given constructive criticism. You can't take, you can't handle constructive criticism because it just, it breaks you down. You feel like you're being attacked rather than it's, it's actually for you, but now it's against you. Yeah. Uh, you believe that everyone is better off than you. I remember feeling that. I remember uh, feeling that here's another here's a huge one. You attract people like you. Hmm. You begin to gather those who complain, blame, and feel victimized by life. You attract those people. And I would say this last one, you feel powerless to change your circumstances. But you know, there's hope for believers in Christ. First John 5, 4 says this, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Come on. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. We have an advantage as believers in Christ. Right. Like we have an overcomer. And I'll go back to what I said earlier. We have an inheritance of overcoming that we can overcome whatever has happened to us. That's so good. And that's what's happened to me. I mean, if I didn't have Jesus in my life, if I would have not encountered this empowering kingdom that allows me to step into that which I did not work for. I mean, that was a game changer for me that I now have hope. I have an overcomer where I was a victim and now I become a victor. Like yeah. I, like literally I get to move from a victim to a victor. Now I still had to work through the process of my pain. Right. I still had to work through some, some mindsets. But what happens is I finally had someone there to pull me up. Christ set a hand down and pulled me out of my pit. And now I get to go and help those people get out of their pit. And I can have empathy for them. Right. Because I, I remember what it felt like. And that's the hope we have. I remember hearing this quote years ago, and it it just rocked me to the core. The kingdom is for you, but it's not about you. And what that does, what that did for me was that it made me feel like I don't have a right to stay a victim. I don't have the right as a believer in Christ. The price that he paid, what he purchased for me, 
I am now responsible because I have the power that raised Jesus from the grave living inside of me. How can I stay a victim? I don't have that right. We have been empowered to not only get set free through the power of Jesus, but we are called to be that for others. It, it is really hard that, you know, the Christian life is about inheritance. And we, in our Christian walk, we get upgraded, become sons and daughters that are of royalty. But it is going to be hard to step into a royal identity when I see myself as a victim mm-hmm. with a victim mentality. Right. It's hard to, to rule and, and reign when you don't have that mindset. Proverbs says there are three things the earth tremble for. They violently shake when a slave becomes a king. Mm. Anything that imprisons you, that makes you feel like a slave, when you get the actual opportunity to rule, to reign, if we don't get the inner freedom, right. then what happens is we, get to impri- we, we begin to imprison those that we now are leading. And unfortunately, there are many in leadership positions that that's the case. Yeah, if, I'm a, if I have a victim mentality, I imprison people I lead. And I just feel led, Matt, as, as we are our leaders in the church, we've been pastors many years, we've been leaders in different dy- dynamics, I want to ask for your forgiveness. I want to repent for every leader that has wronged you, that has spoken foul things about you, that has done abusive things to you, that has Mm. manipulated you or controlled you, who has not empowered you, has not spoken life and destiny over you, has not fulfilled what they have been called to do in your life. I want to repent on their behalf. We want to Mm. repent on their behalf. Will you forgive me? Will Mm. you forgive me? Wow. I felt that. Well, guys, um, there's so much that we could uh, continue to talk about this topic, and we will address further things. I mean, there's there's so many different starter. yeah there, there's just so many different conversations you can have out of this. Mm-hmm. But we hope that today this this blessed you, not just understanding that hey there is a di- difference between a victor and a victim, but we pray that today that you would be able to step take that first step. Yeah, you know the the the. The, the empowerment that happens from going from a victim to a victor is the ability to receive the necessary healing you need, but be able to take the first step towards overcoming. Right. And I pray that today that you would be able to take that first step towards overcoming any difficult situation or circumstance that has happened to you. And. And just to encourage you on that end, you know, I think the first step is just to open up about it. If you haven't done that, you know, find that safe person, find whether it's your spouse or whether it's a counselor or a pastor. We just really encourage you to take that first step to receive the healing that, that Jesus has for you. And I would say, lastly, that light only comes to the surface when we open our mouth if not, darkness reigns. In the context of what I'm saying is what Desi just said is sometimes when we are silent about the things that have happened to us, we don't get the freedom we need because it has to be brought to the light. So we have to be able to open our mouths and no longer be silent. So we release today, we release hope over you. We release courage to step out and take the first step. 
And we just thank you for listening today and hope you are blessed. And until next time, we'll see you on the next episode. Be blessed. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode of the Matt and Des Experience. This podcast exists to inspire and motivate you to transform the world around you. Continue the journey with Matt and Des Gonzalez by liking them on Facebook and checking out mattanddes.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast.